You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Guy. Yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. One of the things that bothers me about COVID is the absence of law enforcement on the highways. And not that I want law enforcement or Uncle Leo, as he is called in the, in the prostitute and escort industries. I don't want Uncle Leo to oppress people and pull people over who are going 70 and a 60. And I don't want that. What I want is for them to cut down on the drag racing. As And as a middle-aged man and somebody who has operated a motor vehicle for many years of his life or the majority of his life, I've, I've been driving a car longer than I've been with my wife. It's a long fucking time. And the speed at which you see people zipping down the highway, racing one another. The other day, I saw four fucking cars. Now, I think it was two independent races or... There were two cars that were just that much faster than the other two cars. Where was this happening? So mostly I see it on 270. Okay. And mostly it is on 270 on the stretch I take to your house. Primarily where I will see it is be in North County 270 from Hazelwood, usually until about the Manchester area, right? That strip. But then the real dangerous one is Highway 170, the short highway that runs from North County to the Brentwood Promenade area. Yeah. That's the worst. People really race there. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, it's nuts. See, it's nuts. The only thing that I'm more concerned about than drag racing on the highway is getting shot on the highway. But because gen- that's real right now. But too. generally, I avoid fifty Highway 55 uh, for exactly that reason. So actually, it happens a lot on 70. I sold a car to a fluorescent cop, and he was telling me, he goes, there's this stretch on 70. He's like, just don't fucking go there. He's like, it's basically after North County leading to the city. He's like, there's a small stretch there. He's like, where people keep getting shot on the highway. Oh, I don't, I don't drive that. I mean, if I, if I go to the city, I take 40. Yeah. I mean, I, that makes sense. Or, yeah, yeah. No, that, that stretch basically. Or you just where, take 170 where, to 64. Right. Where 170 and 70 intersect, right? Yeah. That the miles that you take that to about a mile outside the city. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't want to get shot. I don't take that. That's so weird, isn't yeah. it? I don't I don't want it. But what bothers me more than both of those things, the shooting and the drag racing, are cunts that don't give you a thank you wave. When you let huh. some asshole in on the road, it doesn't take but a second to lift up your hand and give an affirmation gesture of appreciation. What if they're Jeep, all, what if they're Jeep waving at you? I don't care. All <laughs> I want is a recognition and acknowledgement of my courtesy. Oh, don't okay. take my courtesy for for granted. I fucking hate that. On the way here, literally moments ago, there was a guy who was in the wrong lane. And I could tell he was in the wrong lane because there were two car lengths between, he was on my right-hand side, there were two car lengths between him and the light, and his lane was going to run out after the light. And I knew he needed to get over because he's obviously in the wrong lane. Does he have his blinker on? No, because he's a fucking idiot. And I should have known by the lack of blinker that this guy wasn't going to wave at me. But I slowed down, and I let him over, and what did I get? Dick. Exactly dick. And so I followed him to his home and killed him, and that's why I was late. Oh, good. No, yeah. no, no. It only took you like five, six extra minutes. Not bad. Do, do you? I mean, if you know where to stab somebody, they die quick. Yeah, no, for sure. I yeah. saw it in a movie. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, now my father tells me that, you know, stabbing someone is significantly more difficult than you think, and it is. That's why you have to follow the, the SAS motto of speed aggression, surprise. See, most listeners are going to tell you, Chris, that the the SAS motto is who dares wins. And that's true. That's the official model of the SAS. The unofficial model, uh, a motto of the SAS is speed, aggression, and surprise. Because that's what you need to kill a motherfucker. 
Wow, and on that note, we're going to talk about longevity and relationships. Yeah, well, this relationship with this piece of shit was extremely short. We didn't even exchange names. That's good. It's yeah. better that way. That sounds like a hookup, doesn't it? We didn't even exchange names. Yeah, it does. Was that a like casual a encounter? Yeah, no, no, it was, I mean, it was very business as far as I was concerned. There was nothing <laughs> casual about it. There was, there was just, there was just this. Uh, excuse me, sir. Slink. And then that was that. You, oh, you straight up Wolverined him. Yeah, the, the encounter was over. Pew. Yeah. That knife is so funny. I, so, actually, a longtime friend of mine, uh, we've been friends since we were like four or five years old. He is this Mr. Tubbs? No, huh. no. Cody and I have been friends since we were uh, sixteen. Okay, so sixteen years. Um, this other friend, it's been basically my whole life over you know twenty five years. So him and I, when we started hanging out when we were little kids, uh, we played with Nerf guns in the woods all the time. And our thing was like, dude, when we grow up, we're gonna go be army guys together and then we'll be navy seals that was the goal well so you guys were going to join the wrong branch of service it, well you can actually join any branch and then try out really yes oh, okay but it, when i say army guys i mean soldiers navy seals oh i got you that was when you said army was, guys i thought you meant you were actually going no, to join no the no, army. no when i say army guys i mean like an eight-year-old says army guys I everybody in uniform army guy understood so we were going to do that and uh, when we graduated high school, we ended up going to the same college for a little bit. And he went for culinary arts. I was going for the stupid English major. And after about a semester, both of us were like, oh, yeah, this isn't for us. So he joined the Navy. I joined the workforce. And the rest is history. But a few months back, or I guess about a year ago, I sold him a truck. And he, for my birthday, he gave me this cool little Kershaw knife. You push a button, this little talon-like blade pops out. It's a little, probably two-inch blade, tiny little knife. But he always has knives on him. Always. And he had like two or three on his person that were just like the one that you had there where you push a button, it shoots out, and then you push it again and it sucks back in. And I'm like, I don't even know how the fuck that works. Like, what kind of magician devised a spring-loaded system that goes both ways with zero assistance from the user outside of pushing a button? It's not electronic. No. No, this is completely mechanized. It's so brilliant. And it's wizardry. No, it's very cool. I mean, because back in the day when, when our parents were kids, they would have a switchblade that would pop out, but it would it was hinged. You, yeah. Right? So you, And then you would have to manually... You had to assist it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, you just have those sweet, <laughs> sweet... <laughs> click, click. Those fucking laser beam blades. Well, and the best part about this one to me is that it has a window breaker on the pommel. Yeah. So if you're stuck in your car or whatever, you know, you can smash the window or if you're carjacking or, you know, what have you. So I, the, my everyday carry knife is it has a, a window breaker on it, but it is a non-assisted blade. Now, the issue that I have with it is it looks like I hammered nails with this motherfucker. Like I've used it to cut open boxes. Yep. That's it. Okay. Now, hundreds of boxes, mind you. Sure. But boxes. And it looks like I was literally outside beating on railroad ties with this thing. Just ding, 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 ding. There's chips out of it and all kinds of stuff. The knife was great. When I got it, you could shave with it. It was so fucking sharp. But now it's it's a blunt piece of steel with a point. Right. Now it's a tool, not a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's, I need to sharpen it. I actually have a whetstone to sharpen it. Well, I got it for my razors. Uh, of course. Uh, because I don't want to send my razors off to be honed. I wanted to just learn how to do it myself. And you should get yourself a strop. I have one. Do you really? Yeah, you have to strop. Uh, so basically, straight razors, right? Yeah, you do that for blade maintenance. So the purpose of a strop every every time you shave with a straight razor, um, there's slight bending and deadening that happens to the very edge of the blade. With a strop, what you're doing is actually flattening that surface back out to help maintain it until the next sharpening. The difference between stropping and sharpening is when you sharpen the blade, you are actually taking metal off. When you strop it, you're just rebending the metal back into place. Interesting. That's yes. fascinating. I learned something new today. Yeah. So you and this guy 
friends who for- joined the Navy. Yeah. Are you still friends? Yes. Because you obviously recently sold him a truck. Yeah. Is he one of the guys you hang out with? Not super regularly. So for the longest time, Tara actually called him the Loch Ness Monster. She's like, he doesn't even exist. She'd heard stories about him. She had heard about him from other friends, but she had never seen him in real life. Well, finally... Oh, see, I thought he, it was because he had a ropey brontosaurus-like dick. No, 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 no. So, we went out. Uh, he came home one time. We went out and got pissed drunk. Um, she That was the first time she met him. She's like, I didn't think he ex- existed before that. Well, then, I, I threw, like, a... Er, I had a birthday party, and I invited him knowing there's no way he's going to be able to make it. Like he's, you know, in the ocean and shit, doing Navy things. The dude, he goes, hey, your address is this, right? And I was like, yeah. He goes, I'm outside. And I was like, what the fuck? So he shows up at this birthday party that I'm having, and Tara's like, holy shit, dude, you really are. This is like a fucking Nessie sighting right now. So to this day, she calls him Nessie. Um, But every so often, we'll get together, hang out. Typically, there's alcohol involved, and we're being total dipshits but yeah it's always what are you doing blah, blah, blah. talk about guns and cool shit like that like we're still eight years old together and that's the funny part about my relationship with him so i was at my friend dj's wedding my yeah. buddy my buddy dj and well now his wife rin got married and i was there last sunday and a buddy of mine steve smith showed up and steve is a guy who i don't see very often And he and I were having a similar conversation because I was like, you know, I'm not a good friend because I have a tendency to just drift in and out of people's lives. And Steve was like, I don't think that's true. He's like, I don't think that we drift in and out of people's lives. I think that we're just busy people. And, you know, he said, fortunately, I have the ability to pick up with people right where I left off. So I saw a friend recently that I hadn't seen in seven years, he tells me. And he's like, and honestly, we just, it was just like we had just seen each other. That's crazy. You know, we just, you know, I, he has the kind of relationship there, even if you put distance between the two of you, you know, distance and time between the two of you, when you do see each other, it's like you haven't missed a step. And those relationships, I don't have a lot of those relationships, mm-hmm. but I do have a couple friends with whom I have been close for a very long time. Particularly my buddy, my buddy Adam. Give me one sec. Oh, sure. Yeah, because that's too loud. Yeah, because no one can piss on me. So your buddy Adam. Well, here we go. Now you know exactly where to pick up. (laughs) So yeah, so my buddy, my buddy Adam and I, he and I have been friends since Adam was a freshman in high school and I was a sophomore. We were, we had both joined the debate team that year and we became thick as thieves because we have so much in common in terms of what escapism that we like. In fact, most, not most, but a very crucial, essential portion of my development as a gamer is due to my buddy Adam. And we're still friends to this day. In fact, we were just texting the other day because he had a very, very rough day and he had to fire someone. And he He's a professor at a university. Okay. And he's like, he's like, oh man, it's been a rough day. He's like, have you ever had to fire anybody? I'm like, dude, I've fired several people. Yeah. I know what you're going through. Now, I don't know the situation entirely, but he, because he works in academia, having to fire another professor, right? That's a big deal because me, I, I mean, I fired people that worked for the comic and game store and fired people that worked for uh, medical West, you know, worked in the medical supply industry. Um, And I never, I've never fired somebody from their career path. And so we got to talk about that, but it's interesting. I'm very pleased that I blessed, I should say that we've maintained that relationship because there is so much about life that I get exposed to that I wouldn't normally be exposed to because of him, because of him. I mean, for, for example, I mean, he and his wife are both smart. They're both PhDs. They're both college professors. And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, sometimes I think that they, their vision is obscured from the height of the ivory tower. Um, you know, they have kids. I don't. They work in academia. I don't. They're highly educated. 
I am not. Um, they have all these cool life experiences that I don't, and I relish the fact that I get to share them. So what is... I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. So I've debated going back to school now that I'm more mature and I could handle it. Uh, to quote uh, an episode of Rick and Morty, school is not a place for smart people. I don't think I'm that fucking smart. I disagree with you completely. But going going back is more so for the accolade. I want the paper. Hmm. I want the fucking paper. Their approval means nothing to me. Yeah, see, it didn't to me for a long time, and then I was like, oh yeah, I can use that approval for a hundred other things. I can literally have that by my name. That you have enough money, Chris, just go on the dark web and buy a degree. It's a very easy, inexpensive <laughs> thing. Just buy a degree. Well, I figured it, it initially... Look, the user, the university wants your money. Yes. You, can, you can spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars for this piece of paper mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or five grand for the piece of paper. You tell me what you want to do. So initially what I was going to do was get an honorary PhD from Harvard. Oh, oh yeah, now that's expensive. Much, much, much like a rapper. Okay, you go there, deliver a speech, and then they're like, here's your honorary PhD. I don't think an honorary degree actually opens doors for you. I think that... I it, think you still get to say I'm a fucking doctor because Harvard said so. I... Okay. Like, right now, I'm just going on my own merit, and I said so, and I had it put on my mail because it's funny. Okay, but you're seriously thinking about going back to school? Uh, here and there, here and what there. What do you... What would... If you went back I to would, school... I would, I would go back to pursue literary arts. Like, it, it's so funny because uh, over time... I've read stuff that I've written in the past, and I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty fucking good at that. And it's, uh, for me, it's more so the art of writing, not so much the technicality of it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Bo they're both important, and I like the restrictions placed on you by the English language because the language makes so little sense. So it, that in and of itself is the challenge in writing something, but then trying to make it beautiful outside of that. Mm -hmm. Like I was recently, I was updating a, uh, a cover letter recently, and they're writing a cover letter. And Tara's like, where'd you come up with that? And I was like, oh, I just thought it sounded cool. She's like, yeah, that's really fucking good. Do you, so, well now, do you have friends mm -hmm. with whom you have a writing relationship? Do you have anyone, a group of people? No. Like a writer's group? No. You ever thought about putting something like that together? I'd be smart. Yeah. But I don't, so right now I don't have the energy to, assemble a group and maintain it i barely have the energy to do the things that i'm doing and like i'm trying to learn a few different new things right now video editing is something that has been on my plate for the last five years i've never fucked with it past like a very rudimentary i will tell you here is a trick that that i that i learned on my own yeah. i don't have any great audio i don't have any great video editing skill mm -hmm. right but i've cut my teeth on it a little bit dude audio editing huge help because what I can do when I'm watching video, I can look at the audio line and because I've done so much audio editing now, I can see where my speech breaks are, my stutters, my ums. And so you can cut it from the audio. Track. Exactly. So I can ah. look at the audio track and then be like, okay, this is where I need to cut. Now, do you get it's a good weird, cheat. Do you get weird head movement or anything with that? Um, because I try to stay in exactly. one spot. Yeah, okay. I try to stay in one spot. In fact, what I will do is I'll have a whiteboard behind my camera mm -hmm. and basically figure out this is you the point where fix I fix a look. point and yep. you just look at that point. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's yeah. So just like a little, I have a little red magnet about the size of a quarter hmm. and just stick it on there and done. But anyway, um, uh, speaking of someone who's a long-term friend, uh, my buddy DJ, whose wedding I recently yeah, yeah, attended, yeah. he does a lot of video and things, and I've learned some cool tricks from him. But the thing that I'm concerned about is that he and Ren are moving out of state. Yeah. And Memory and I are going to move out of state. Yeah. And my big concern is I know even people that I care about a lot when that kind of distance get gets put, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a proactive reach out, answer your phone call friend when we live five miles. Away. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't even return phone calls. I, I know, I, I feel terrible about it too, but obviously not that terrible because I didn't return your call and it's been a week. So clearly, I'm an asshole. But there are. 
I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is is that there are oh oh I'm gonna go with Black Cherry, my favorite stripper, ladies and gentlemen, coming to stage three, Black Cherry. Why she gotta be black? Um, well, I think that because she was born that way, um, but she's actually she's she's actually a Caucasian woman, and the reason that she is called Black <laughs> Cherry is because there is a mole on the top of her anus that makes it look like she has a clit on her butt. Mm, yeah. I see. Yeah. And so she actually makes a lot of money showing people and flicking the bean on her back. The butt bean. bean. Yeah, her black cherry. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh gross. Yeah. It's a cherry pit. Well, and the weird thing is, is that it's it, it it probably is cancerous. It might be malignant because it has grown, and over the last six months, it, well, it's grown, it's darkened, and the the hair is interesting. And so, I've been encouraging Black Cherry. She needs to go to the doctor. Yeah, she needs to see a dermatologist. Yeah, but she doesn't care. I see. But, I see. But but I have I have buddies that. I'm afraid I'm going to lose contact with when I move. I have friends that I am certain I will lose contact with when I move. Yeah. And I've got a short list of people with whom I am certain I will try to maintain contact with yeah. when I move. Interesting. You know? Even if it's like what I do with my buddy Adam and it's only every couple months and we just text have a text chain, you know, back and forth. We talk about things and then we just kind of move on. And then he's like, hey, I'm coming to town for a thing. And we get together and it's like we've been friends for 30 years. Right. You know, and, and, I, and I love that. But I also have people with whom I've been acquainted for a long time that I'm pretty confident that those relationships are just going to fade. Yeah, they're going to dissolve. Isn't that funny? It's sad. So the reason I wanted to touch on the subject is because of the response that you gave me when I said, yes, we were recording. Or you said, are you down to clown today? Oh, yeah. Are you down to clown? And it's so funny because uh, years ago, a dude that I hung out with all the time, he would say that. That you down to clown? And it was every single day. You down to fuck? No, no, no. So he would be like, you down to clown? He, uh, so he had graduated high school a couple of years before me. I was like my junior, senior year of high school, so we were. I was getting ready to graduate high school. He, this is prime, beautiful Chris. He worked at the same mall that I did, so we would go hang out at the mall while we were working, chill in each other's stores while the other person was working, and then go play laser tag any chance that we had because there was a dope-ass laser runner there. That was the name of the laser tag place. Nice. Yeah. Laser runner. Yeah, so it was actually it was in the NASCAR speed park, Laser. Oh, run. is it that the mills? Yeah. That shithole? Uh, dude, it wasn't a shithole yet. Well, right when they built it, no, it was right by my house. Yeah, no, it was great. Right by your old house. Yeah, yeah. Right by where I grew up. So this, so the NASCAR Speedway was there. Was yeah. A go-kart track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would, where did you work? I worked at Levi's, Hot Topic, Aeropostale, and pay less. Are they all owned by the same company? Or no, I've, just... I had worked at all of them at some point. This is just part of the Chris Parsons long career of many, many jobs. Yes, yeah. the, the many hats that I was destined to wear. So I wanted a job at the Levi's place really fucking bad because I love Levi's jeans. So I got the job there and I was like, this is the greatest. I was there for like a year. And as a high school, as a high schooler, that's a long time. Um, so I did my thing there, had a great time and uh, got a job at Hot Topic, which was like the job. It was so fucking cool. I was in a band at the time. They're, they're, oh my God, you must have been drowning in Poon. You're working thing, at Hot Topic and you're in a band. Their was, it's all about the music. So I was like, fuck yeah, man. This is this is the shit. So I get, I get hired on as a seasonal job and I told the Levi's people, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to Hot Topic and then we'll see what happens from there. Started Hot Topic cool super neat really nifty doing my thing and yeah it was it was super nice but me and this dude hung out every single day and uh until i went to college for a semester all right and this is not the same guy that you were playing army with no not the this same is dude not tubs this is not cody tubs it's a different guy altogether yeah yeah this dude cody and i hung out a lot this guy met uh army guy friend who everybody refers to as Meathead John, 
um, he met Meathead John and was like, this guy's so fucking cool. I was like, I know. So laser tag guy, are you still friends with him? No. So he was he was one of those really drama people, like full of all kinds of drama. Uh, how, do, how would you say that appropriately? I don't know. doesn't matter. So he, he was, was a drama whore. He, he was. shrouded himself in drama. Yes. He sought out drama. Like a truffle pig snorts the base of a tree to find treasures. This guy bent over backwards to involve himself in drama. Yes, that's exactly right. That's how I should have put it. Yeah, and but, so you broke up with him because he's fucking crazy. More or less. And then uh, years later, when I'm going through my divorce, him and I start hanging out again. He seems like he's got his shit a little more together, and he doesn't. At this point, he's in his mid-20s, and it's like, all right, dude, you got to start fucking growing up now, you know? Don't talk to him for a while. A few years later, talk to him. I'm doing Entertain the Geeky at that point in time. I'm like, oh, dude, you should come do my podcast with me. And he's like, okay. Comes over, does the podcast with me. It's just obscene the whole time. I'm like, I can never fucking hear this stupid (laughs) shit. Worse than me. Oh, dude. Awesome. Yeah, just stupid hateful shit just for the sake of saying it oh okay and i'm like dude yeah never gonna air this didn't air it didn't talk to him for a while and then it seems like now so he started a business within the last couple of years looks like he's doing well for himself and actually trying to be a grown-up so that's cool to see him doing that but yeah we don't really talk too often i told him when i needed work done on a vehicle i'd take it to him no that was about it yeah i i mean i have I had some close friends in high school. All right. So here's, you know, my, my, my dad's mom passed away recently. Yeah. And speaking of long-term relationships, I think it is quite apropos. I'm standing in the, uh, in the lobby of the, uh, of the, 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 the church where the, where, where everything's happening. That's where we're having the visitation is yeah. at the church. And then we're going to have the ceremony and then, you know, cause they're Catholic and then we're going to go, Intern the body. Well, standing there, I'm talking to somebody, and then I'm kind of walking around on my own. This guy comes up to me, uh, and he looks vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. And he asks, he's like, "Excuse me, are you Mike?" And yada yada yada. Turns out, my high school debate coach, Randy Pierce. After all of these, I graduated high school in 1993. Randy Pierce sees my grandmother's name in the obituary, knows that there aren't that many Brodeurs in the St. Louis area. No shit. Sees that she was married to Armand Brodeur, my grandfather, correctly assumes that these are my grandparents, comes to my grandmother's wake to give me his condolences. He what remembers a fucking me. stand-up guy. He remembers my wife. He remembers my wife from high school. He's like, "Are you and Memory still together?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's been we've been we've been together now for 29 years, Mr. Pierce. We've been married for 20 of them." He's like, "That's so." It was just really remarkable. what a fucking awesome dude. Well, yeah, and just the I remember him, and I remember the impact that he had on me. Because one of the things in my life that helped me to develop what little confidence that I do have was speech and debate. Those three years of speech and debate, improv, extemporaneous speaking, mock trial, all of it. I mean, I come from a long line of talkers, but the ability to critically think and to argue and to present my voice as an instrument in a way... I learned that from Mr. Pierce, right? So he had huge impact on me. He's one of only three teachers I really remember. Kind of like Mr. Holmes for me, who yeah. we had on the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he just showed up. We talked for a bit. He gave me his condolences, and then he left. And then my wife shows up, and I'm like, holy shit, you're not going to believe who you just missed. But it was wild to think about. And he's asking me about all these high school buddies that I had. And I was like, you know, Mr. Pierce, a lot of us join the same frat and UMSL. But most of those guys I just don't talk to anymore. Right. And it's not that those relationships were exactly superficial, but obviously they did not have what it takes to maintain longevity. Well, time changes everything. Yeah, time changes everything. I I would say that not even... Did you you read that in a fortune cookie, Mr. Profound? No, it's a song. (laughs) I'm fucking with you because... Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> because it was a cliche platitude. And I it, it is, it is. Well, there, there's a song called Take Me Away by a band called The Plot and You. And uh, that's one of the lines in the song. But it's it's basically about this dude's dad dying is what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, mm. doesn't matter. Uh, if it's important to you, it does matter. Well, no, no, no. I mean, it, what it is and why I've associated it with Roger this that. thing. But that that whole... Yeah, time does change everything, and like, yeah, it might have it may have been a meaningful relationship that really, really impacted you at a point in time, and it might it, the impact still might be felt today, but that doesn't mean that it's something that needs to be maintained. There are ties that must be cut, and that's something that is going to happen as you grow, as somebody else grow. You might grow apart, and that's all right. There's also people in my life for whom I have very vivid recollection and fond memories of who I still recount anecdotes about, but with whom I don't have any contact. I used to hang out with this guy named Phil's. Francis Filtrante was mm-hmm. his name. And his sister was unbearably hot. But that's neither here nor there. Phil's the guy who Lynn, his sister, used to keep their litter box in her room. Mm-hmm. Okay? And she comes home one day. Goes into her bedroom, freaks out, goes into Phil's room. And Phil's, you know, Phil. Uh, that's where I got introduced to, was with Phil. I see. So any which way, she comes into Phil's room and she's like, oh my God, Phil, something's wrong with the cat. Right? So Phil gets up, goes into the room, and there's an enormous dump. Like, an enormous... <laughs> you shit in the litter box, didn't you? No. Phil <laughs> shit in the litter box. <laughs> He, the dude squatted down, <laughs> took a monster dump in his sister's cat's litter box. She came home, dumb as a box of rocks, and honestly thought that her cat <laughs> had shit like 25% of its body weight. So what's so funny about that, I posted a picture right when we first started our Instagram of a guy shitting off of, a, uh, off of playground equipment. Nice. Now, laser tag friend... Corey is his name. Uh, he, we were fucking. We would go do graffiti all the time, and he, we went to. We were at this place, which is one of the only few crimes I think that the police should be able to kill you on site for. Yeah, well, fuck them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And so, by the way, I did not kill anyone. Right. Right. So anyway, you're saying you and your so, friend are scumbags who were destroying property. We were defacing. We were defacing public property, which right. I have more than paid for with my tax dollars oh, over the well, years. I so tell it's you quite what, I okay. Wish we were in Thailand, and they would have caned the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> you fucking cane them with my dick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're fucking doing graffiti. You and Corey are ruining it, public yes, property. Yes, yes, yes. We're, property. we're defacing right, things. Right, right. We're defacing things. We are being the degenerates that we are. Okay, you fuck. So. We're doing that, and he's like, dude, I got a shit. Guy gets on the monkey bars, hangs from them, takes a shit. Funniest fucking thing in the world. So when I saw the picture of that guy shitting off the fucking playground equipment, I, I about died. He goes, dude, I, I talked to him about a month and a half, two months ago, and he's like, dude, anytime I have an excuse to tell that story, I fucking tell it. Right. About shitting off the monkey bars. And it, yeah, that cat thing just reminded me of that. How magical that we have memories of our friends that revolve around shit. My first time hanging out with Cody Tubbs, we were, we were, uh, they were in some like fucking, they had some feud with some individual. And we had decided to shit on a plate and leave cutlery <laughs> and a soda bottle full of piss on this kid's front doorstep <laughs> with a little note that said bon appetit bitch yeah. okay. <laughs> all right so i mean that's funny it was hysterical and then we're fucking idiots so we record the whole thing nope hold on no 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 mm. we went in and edited it my my cousin was a decent editor so he put fucking smiley faces like just a literal smiley face over everybody's head in this video I don't think it ever got posted, but it was so fucking funny. That's what I got. Mm. Yeah, but but I have friends like that. like my buddy Phil. There are there are probably five, at at least a handful of stories 
about that guy that I remember, mm-hmm. that I remember with such vividness. There's this local gaming, it's more of a pop culture convention called Archon. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking terrible show. It's like the worst convention that I go to. And <laughs> it's terrible. But one, it's, it's just, well, anyway. We're out in this open area where people are smoking and there's free beer if you paid for admission to the convention. Phil stands up on his chair. Dude, must be 150 people in the middle of this courtyard. Dude stops everybody standing up on his chair and he sings the entire theme song to Blazing Saddles. (laughs) To rousing applause. Uh, Rousing applause, right? To this day, the only reason that I know most of the lyrics to that is because of that is because of that moment, right? That's so funny. But then later that same night, dude, a guy fucking pulls a knife on Phil. So totally separate story happens the same evening. A guy pulls a knife on Phil. My buddy Anthony's grandpa owned the hotel that the convention happens at at the current time. So I was drunk and felt like, well, dude, I'm above the law. My buddy's grandpa owns this hotel. My buddy's like, hey, my grandpa owns this hotel. Phil's not a huge guy. We're going to go find this fucker and kick the shit out of him because he pulled a knife on our friend. Yeah. So the three of us are stalking around trying to find the guy, trying to find the guy. Phil, asshole that he is, starts being a dick with Anthony. And Anthony is, he's not a huge dude, but he's got a lot of martial arts XP and mixed martial arts XP. And dude, I I blinked. Phil was on the ground in a pretzel. Anthony was holding him to the ground. And he's like, where are your car keys? Phil's like, get the, he's like, dude. All I want your car keys. You can get up as soon as I have your car keys. And that's it. Because we, we weren't going to let Phil drive home. But dude, he fucking threw a punch at Anthony. I didn't even see it. Phil throws a punch at Anthony. And the next thing you know, on the ground. Pinned. That's hysterical. It was amazing. And then eventually, you know, Phil... Be quick, like you do with your buddies, right? Like you're pissed off and you're embarrassed and you get all machismo and puff chest. But eventually he's like, oh shit, man, I'm sorry. You had every right to do that. <laughs> I was pissed drunk, you fuck. Uh, yeah, that's another reason why alcohol is bad. It's not that I don't engage in it, but I have never been so high that, you know, I have thrown up or passed out or blacked out or any or thrown a punch at a buddy, right? Alcohol does that shit. Yeah, alcohol's funny like that. Yeah, but it's so delicious. Yeah, it's it's just that separation from reality and the 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 slowing of your thoughts that I think I enjoy about. Yep, I'm like I'm a thought racer. Mm. So yeah, that, that one. That's why I didn't like weed. I mm. felt like my thoughts were turned up to eleven. Oh yeah, no, I feel a certain level of clarity. I also feel foggy and confused. Right, like I'm not confused, mm. but slower. Okay, not slow like you are with alcohol, but just the ability to to drift and daydream and kind of enjoy my thoughts okay alcohol does not do that no alcohol is this funny like you were you were perpetually trapped in a moment Mm. and it's whatever moment you exist in right now and there's nothing outside of that Mm. wow that's a that's a that's an insightful description your daughter is adorable she's she's crawled oh Hi. she's peeking around the corner at her paw that's Hi. fucking adorable yeah now she's staring at me because i'm hideous no she's sweetheart she doesn't think you're hideous what are you doing little baby people are gonna be like did they just say hideous yeah <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna stand up yeah she's working on walking right now no she's kick-ass man she's got her left foot on the ground her left knee up she's got her right shin on the ground she's gonna try to push up i think she can do it no she can't she does all the time wow yeah how old is she now she's nine months wow so you've got a nine month nine month relationship with your daughter Mm -hmm. are you uh gonna abort her no Oh, okay yeah we're keeping her i like her a lot Speaking of abortion, I saw a terrible post on Facebook. Somebody, had, I mean, I don't know where it came from, right? Because the internet, the internet is so cross-pollinated now. I saw a blurb. It was basically like, if 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 God killed His only Son, how come I can't abort mine? <laughs> 
was like, bro, I was like, first of all, that's not how that story goes. Second of all, that's fucking metal. <laughs> that is metal as fuck. <laughs> so you, you've got long-term relationships or I guess very long-lasting relationships yeah. with several people. Yeah, but my, like, my, my buddy Adam is really the only person from high school with whom I'm still close besides my wife yes, and my wife's two closest friends who she met in high school. Interesting. Yeah, but but other than that, I don't have relationships. I don't have any relationships with people from grade school, like at all. Yeah, I never went to grade school with my buddy that I've been friends with since we were like four or five. John, his name's John. Never never went to school with him. You know what's strange, though? My closest friend in the world growing up during probably the ugliest times of my life was my buddy Travis Rader. And we lived in O'Fallon, Missouri. He lived next door to me. My parents uh, were going through their divorce. Travis lived with his grandparents because his parents were divorced. And they weren't in a position. I don't know, right? Because I don't want to speak out of turn. And honestly, I was young, so I don't remember the exact details. But he lived with his grandparents, not his parents. His parents were around. And he saw his dad in particular that I recall. But yeah. Anyway, we did everything together. We got in so much trouble together. We did so many things. And then when I left, this is long before the internet and cell phones and all that. When I was 13 and I moved out of my mom's house and moved into my dad's, I maybe saw him once or twice ever again. And it, and it was just when I did see him, I remember he was working at a steak and shake in St. Charles and I was working at the fantasy shop in St. Charles and I went into that steak and shake late one night and he just happened to be there. Right. And we talked for a minute and then I don't know, it was just like, I never saw him again. And it was strange to think that someone has such an important part for your life for years and then you just disappear from one another. So I think Christopher's running into that with a uh, buddy of his. So like his best best pal in school is a is a kid who he had class with and so on and so on. And uh, for a couple of years, they've been pretty good friends. And like the only kid that Christopher would ask to have over at sleepovers and shit was typically this kid. Well, now they're rotating classes because they're in middle school. And they don't have any classes together. And I was like, do you ever talk to him anymore? And he's like, no, not really. And I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Because, like, Christopher, when he came to the school, he made friends with this dude. This dude is a popular kid. So being a new kid and being friends with a popular kid, that's fucking awesome for Christopher. But now he's got all these other friends. And it, it, it's just so weird watching these ebbs and flows in relationships and knowing that, like, and I, I, I told him that. I was like, dude, you know, don't. Don't be sad if you don't talk to somebody anymore. It's okay. Like, that's normal shit. That's going to happen a bajillion times in your life. But again, it's as a child, it is one of those difficult things to wrap your head no. around because everything in your life is, it's the world. It, it is, and that's why... I thought being his father and explaining that to him, because most people, you don't learn it from somebody saying the words to you. So I, I figured maybe it would help if I could impart that little bit of wisdom that I've procured in my life and that everybody ends up having. But if I could give it to him now so that he understands that and can run with it, maybe he can move through life with a little more clarity. Right. Hmm. It's good parenting. It's... I'm such a fucked up parent, dude. But like, there's a couple of things that you try to do well. But, but sitting your kid down, and that's got to be hard too, because when they're young like that, your your brain is not fully congealed, and you don't really have the maturity to understand that stuff. But I feel like hearing it and being armed with it is better than not. Oh, for sure, for sure. Here, if what if he went to to college okay he's dating some girl or something like that they break up he's fucking devastated yeah. well if you don't understand that relationships are going to come and go throughout the entirety of your life 
well, then it's going to be even more devastating. But if you know, if you're like, oh, yeah, I know that this is part of what happens as we're going through this life thing, well, then it might be a little bit easier across to bear. Right. Well, that and understanding that relationships are, they are effort. They require work. And when you are young, everyone, everyone is still trying to figure things out. Yeah. And sometimes those relationships are going to be transient and superficial. You know, you you have to understand that, you know, when you're in high school and you start dating somebody and for those few weeks, it's the most intense feeling you've ever had. And then it's over because they've decided that somebody else is cute and they want to date them and your guts wrenched and your heart's broken and you feel terrible and you think you're going to die. But you realize after, you know, years later when you grow up, you're like, well, that was foolish because there was just, you know, silly, childish infatuation and not a real relationship it's not like a dissolution of a marriage well that's that's the thing that's so weird so like we we romanticize that childish delusion of what a relationship is like that as as a as a people as a whole we look at that that feeling that you get when you are infatuated with somebody when you first meet them before everything sinks in that oh that's a fucking person with a bunch of flaws just like you are. And like we we hold on to that and there, we have this fucking crazy thought, this weird notion that there is happily ever after. And it's like, well, there's, there's fucking not. They're struggling together. And like that's what you have to look forward to. Is it better than struggling alone? Probably. For sure. I mean, I, I think that I think that there, well, no, I think there's absolutely science to prove that you will be better off in life if you are in a committed relationship. For sure. Well, you have a support system no yeah, matter you, what. You will do better. Your offspring will do no, 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 better. No, no, no. Kids, kids automatically yeah. benefit from it. And it's like a crazy benefit that they right. have. And, and for those keeping score, you will notice that I did not reference anything heteronormative about that about having committed people in a relationship to raise children. Okay. Good. Because people might think I'm somebody... Your dogs are going crazy out there. Yeah, they're having good playtime. Well, actually, it was nice out of my peripheral vision. You saw her humping him? Well, I saw that, but actually, they were running around the yard. Yeah. uh, I forget his name. Otto. Otto, thank you. That was embarrassing. Otto was running around the yard like a gazelle, right? He was just leaping over things, and it was fantastic. We call them the zoomies when he does that. Oh, yeah. See, we call those didos. Uh, Didos. They cut in didos. You know, my buddy Daniel and his wife call them zoomies, too. I think that's a pretty common name. When the pugs do it. Yeah, you got the zoomies. Yeah, so he'll do it around the house sometimes, too, and I'm like, you fucking stop that shit! Oh, man, when when Charlie gets the zoomies, I fucking love it, right? Because he's tiny... But he's so goddamn fast. The dog's unbelievably quick and agile. And he he's like, ping, 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 <laughs> rabbit. Tara was saying she wants to get a another dog before too long. And I was like, fuck. I want a St. Bernard. I love those. They're wonderful dogs. They're they're very sweet. So I think I think I got her on board with that. And she's like, well, in the next couple of years, let's do that. Like, Well, then we'll have you'll have to get a brandy cask, a small cask of brandy that it wears around its neck. Yeah, to exactly. save someone from an av- if someone's if you yeah, no, find I, somebody in the avalanche, they need to be warmed by the brandy. Chris. They need they need alcohol. They need a cask of brandy <laughs> around their neck. It's a requirement. It is. Our uh, the St. Bernards that I had growing up, we actually had little barrels on their key tag thingies, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it is, key tag on their collars, Keychains, collars, yeah. Um, and inside of it was the animal's information and the number to the owner who was my mother. Adorable. It was pretty cute. However, those things were dog shit and they fell apart like half of it got twisted off. So it, it that blew my mind because it was like a twist up thing. Okay, so half of it goes missing and I'm like, how'd you even get that off? Did somebody take it off of you? Just what happened? Cheap, th- cheap threads made in China. Apparently. And... The little, you know, the registration then that was inside of it was nowhere to be found. And we had to go with traditional uh, tags after that. Are they chipped? Who? Your children? Yes. No, your dogs. Are your dogs chipped? No. 
No. No, she is. He's not. It's not a, not a judgment. It's just a question. No, she is. He's not. We got her chipped. He is not chipped. I don't, I don't like the idea of it. Mm. It weirds me out. Like, I won't, I won't neuter him. I gotcha. I think that's weird, too. Well, okay. Well, now that's not what the show's about, so I don't want to go down this whole road about spay and neuter and, you know, Bob Barker and The Price is Right and the importance of that stuff because it's not my place. You do you. This is America, and you raise your dog how you want. That's right, and I, I don't want to do something to adversely affect his energy levels or his hormone levels or anything like that, such as removing his testicles. Right. Well, I, I think that's monstrous. It mutilating their genitals. That's right. Okay, so we could we can call it mutilating his genitals. Yeah, I don't. But see, my dog, when I got him, his genitals were already mutilated. Yeah, you got a pre-mutilated yeah, pre- genital yeah, dog. Pre, a pre-mute, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's all you can really hope for is that your dog's already been mutilated so you don't know them any other way. Right. Well, and you know, when you do it young enough that they don't really understand a difference. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're just cutting on me. Theoretically. Neat. Theoretically. They're pulling my testes out. Ah, Neat. No, that's fucked, dude. So, um, any words of wisdom? Uh, Yeah, you need, if you have a Hulu, uh, you need to watch a movie called Pledge. It's 117 minutes. It's tight. It's got some fun acting. Great little horror movie. Delightful ending. Okay, and I will give an actual word of wisdom because you just gave a movie. Pledge. Yes. Pledge. Pledge. As someone who who loves elitist conspiracy theory and was in a fraternity and was a fat dork, I, uh, or still is a fat dork, I love this movie. It spoke to me on so many levels about people going to college and the need to be accepted and the depths of depravity in which you will allow yourself to be driven to be part of a group. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie. I've watched it twice and I watched it twice in three days. I don't understand that whole process of being a pledge. Oh, watch the movie. Well, there's just no way I would fucking deal with it. Do they get, they get, so, I mean, it, it's a horror movie. Yeah. A psychological thriller is yeah. really what it should be. So it's it. fucky. It, it, it's, it's very interesting, but there are a couple of things about fraternal organizations and secret societies that, at least in my experience, do ring somewhat true. It's uncomfortable. So then I'm going to run with the, the thing that I gave earlier to my kid because I actually stole it from Miyamoto Musashi in the Dakota. Never be saddened by a separation. 